I'm very excited uh, this morning to share on a life of generosity. How many of you like the word generosity? Now, this is one of those words that we tend to love it when it's applied to us and not like it so much when it's asked of us, right? When somebody says, hey, I want to go, go out to lunch with you and you're going to get an opportunity to show me how generous you are. You're like, I don't know about this friend, right? I need to reconsider my life choices on friendship. Uh, but when somebody says, hey, I want to take you out to lunch and I want you to get whatever you want and I want to be generous with you, we're like, bring it on, right? Generosity. But generosity is a, is a core value of who we are. And I believe that generosity is a core value of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we're going to look at this, but it was Jesus who said, and Paul recounts these words in Acts chapter 20, he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I honestly believe this. I've seen this work in my life. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, just to put you at ease, we're not taking another offering, right? So if you're sitting here like, I can't listen because he's going to ask us for something. No, no, no. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I believe that generosity literally unlocks so much blessing that, that it unlocks such a, a, a great a quality of life. Generosity is the only way to fly, right? And so I don't want something from you. I want something for you. I want to help you understand what it means to be generous, what it means to be generous in your finances, in your time, in your relationships, so on and so forth. So that's what we're doing today. So as we look at this series called Significant, the word significant is defined this way. Significant means sufficiently great or important to be worthy of attention. Sufficiently great or important to be worthy of, of attention. So values that are significant help us live uh, a significant life, uh, a noteworthy life. Significant values are important. They're, they're deserving of our attention. And our value of generosity, this is how we explain it. We say this, generosity, it is this. It's expressing God's goodness through our resources. Let's say it with me, will you? Expressing God's goodness through our resources. So by a show of hands, who has experienced the goodness of God in their life? Okay, now maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't know if I really have. Well, look outside. The world that we live in is us experiencing God's goodness. If you are breathing right now, if you're not, somebody call an ambulance or we need to practice our faith. Come on, help them, Lord. But if you are breathing right now, you are experiencing God's goodness. If you are seeing right now, you are experiencing God's goodness. If you are alive, you are experiencing God's goodness. So again, how many of you have, have felt or understood or experienced God's goodness? Okay, should be 100%. We've all felt God's goodness, but how many of you have specifically, not just my example of being out in nature or whatever, but you've, you've felt or experienced God's goodness in you? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you've experienced God's goodness, right? You've experienced it. And so for us at Joy Church, this value of generosity is about expressing that goodness that has come to us, uh, God's goodness both in just our, the general sense of life, but also specifically through our relationship with Christ and others, so on and so forth. We want to express that through our resources. I want to start by reading a, a passage of scripture out of the book of Genesis. It's uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and it says, The Lord had said to Abram, and now, really quick to just throw out some context here, Abram is what we call the father of our faith. Abraham, uh, God changes his name later to Abraham, but he's called Abram right here at this point in his life, is the father of faith. And this is something that, that uh, sets this up perfectly. And God speaks to Abram and he says, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Listen to these words here. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. The foundation of generosity is understanding that God's blessing is not for us to hoard up and gather up and store up and just sit on it like a big fat toad. God wants us, He wants to bless us extremely. He wants to to give us resources. He wants to to bless us in, in all facets of life. But it's not so that we can just be blessed. That's part of it. But it's so that we can be a blessing to others. It's so we can show the world what God's love looks like. It's so we can express the goodness of God that has come to us and allow it to come through us and to bless those around us. This is a huge part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And God set it up right in the beginning with Abraham, the father of our faith. Abraham, you are blessed. Not so that you can just be a success and people can say, look how cool you are, Abraham. No, you are blessed to be a blessing. Father God, I invite you in this place this morning. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, I pray that you would ignite in us a passion to understand your heart, your mindset about resources and finances, God. I I pray, Lord, that we would not look at blessing as something to acquire and to hold on to, but as something that, Lord, that, Lord, it does bless us. But when you bless us, we look to be a blessing to the world around us. We look to be generous, God, and exhibit this value of generosity. Father, we invite you in this place in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we're blessed to be a blessing. Now, I want to give you an interesting way to think about resources and think about finances. Everybody here, for the most part, has something, correct? You have some resources, right? You have some money maybe in your wallet. Hopefully you gave it all in the offering. You don't have any more in there. No, I'm just teasing. But we all have something. Bank accounts and assets we have. I said assets, right? You already said. We all have uh, resources. And I want to give you an interesting way to think about resources. This is something that the Lord spoke to me one time, that money or our resources is vision fuel or dream fuel. Money is something that allows us to fund a vision of the world that we want to see come to pass. So when you have a vision, and you get vision like this, like you ever gone shopping with a lady and she has her husband's credit card, right? This is actually me with Bethany's credit card, okay? Just real talk. But like when we go to the mall and you see like that shirt or those pants and you think, hey, those pants would actually make my butt look a little bit less fat. And, and you get, anybody else with me here? Or like, these are the shoes, I have to have them. They're the crocodile skin shoes with the laser imprinted Nike thing. I don't know. But uh, you see something, you get a vision of that thing, right? And you see yourself wearing those shoes or wearing those pants. You have a picture, a vision in your mind. And money is what allows you to achieve that vision to come to pass. Your resources are fuel for your dreams and your visions. If somebody says, someday when I grow up, I want to be a doctor or I want to be a nurse and their parents are going, oh my God, college is going to cost so much vision fuel, right? To see this dream come to pass, it's going to take resources. And and I want you to get this understanding with money. See, we tend to think about money the wrong way. We think about money as if it has intrinsic value. It does not. You think about, you know, American uh, uh, currency, just dollars, right? Cash. It's just paper, right? And, and it's gross if you think about how many hands and pockets and places it's been. But nobody would turn down a nice $100 bill even if it got pulled out of a sweaty pocket, right? <laughs> but that thing has no intrinsic value. My wife uh, used to work at a coffee shop down in Medford. And there would be uh, cyclists would come in, right? And she'd tell the story of they would be like, hey, I'm going to pay for my coffee. And they'd be, have just gotten off this like, you know, 15-mile bike ride. 
have a little backpack that was right against their skin, right? Or like a little fanny pack. I don't even want to know where that was at. And they'd pull out just like sopping wet. <laughs> Trying to make <laughs> sound effects. That'll translate well on the recording. This uh, floppy, sweaty, nasty, saturated. But you're not going to say no, right? Because that has its value right there. But money has no intrinsic value. Its value is in what it can what it can fuel to come into being, into existence. You with me? So when we see resources this way, when we see our money this way, I need to understand that what I put my dollars into, what I put my resources into, I'm funding a vision of the world that I want to see come to pass. And you know, we live in a culture that's materialistic and consumeristic and we're all excited to get the latest iPhone and I you know, I implant and I this and I that, whatever. We just want to get everything and there's all this kind of cool stuff to get. And we have this vision. And when we put our money only into ourselves or only into that thing, that's actually what we're feeding into, that vision of the world. That's what we're fueling. But I believe there's an entirely different mindset about resources that God wants us to get a hold of. Again, we're blessed to be a blessing. Here's a, here's a, a, a choice that all of us have to make. We have to make a choice. I can either live for me, or I can live for more. I can live for me, or I can live for more. I can live and use my resources and my money to just create the best, most comfortable life that I envision and use my resources, my vision fuel to see that vision come to pass, or I can partner with God to see His vision for our world come to pass. Right? You know, when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, He doesn't mean that you're never going to get anything. I think sometimes we think about generosity and we think it means like being at Christmas and everybody else gets a really nice present and you don't get anything. <laughs> right? You know, your kid gets a stereo and your wife gets a $50 gift card to the, her favorite store and your dad gets the new grill set that he wants and then you open up a little sock full of coal and straw. And we think that that's what it... No, that's, that's not the point. It's not that you're never going to get something. It's that you're connecting with an entirely new vision of what God wants to do. And I told you guys a story last week about being in Cambodia, and I'll just recount this. And I was there on the Mekong River on this river cruise, and I saw a village of Vietnamese, basically refugees, that were living there. And they were so poor, they didn't even have enough money to live on land. They literally lived on these boats and pontoons, and they built these shacks out on the water. And it was the most poor situation I'd ever observed. Just intense poverty, drastic poverty. And the Lord spoke something to me. because I felt guilty, like, God, I live in America, and I have everything, so much that these people don't have, and I almost wanted to just give my stuff away and sort of, you know, get a boat and live on the river. And those of you that know how much I don't like the outdoors know that that would be a very big sacrifice. My wife is laughing at me. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Jake, I don't want you to have empty hands. I want you to have open hands. God's vision of generosity, God's vision of the world, is not that you would have less so that you can match the poverty of someone else. It's that you would have more so that you can elevate the circumstance of that other person and both of you can be blessed. And there's two different mindsets that we can approach with generosity. There's a scarcity mindset which says there's a fixed amount and there's never enough and I have to strive and scrap and get my piece of the pie and that way, that way I get mine, right? There's the scarcity mindset. There's not enough. Or there's a generosity mindset which says there's always enough. There's plenty. 
And who do you think we serve? We serve the living God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one that made everything to begin with. If God needs more, he will make more. Right? Unfortunately, the government has this same mindset. If we need more money, we'll just make more money. So we need them to get a little more of a scarcity mindset. Anybody with me? But, just a little political. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but God has this generosity mindset. You know, you think about the story of Jesus. His disciples came to him and he had a great crowd in front of him. And there was four or 5,000 just men and then women and children. And so probably up to 20,000 people in this giant crowd. And his disciples come and they say, Jesus, we need to send these people away because they're hungry and they're, you know, they're starting to get hangry. You know what hangry is? Anybody get hangry? Yeah. Real talk. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that vulnerability. Me too. Sometimes you're like, I need a cheeseburger or I'm going to just kill someone right now. And people are getting hangry and his disciples say, Jesus, send them away to get food. And he, he goes, no, no, no. You give them something to eat. Because he has a generosity mindset, not a scarcity mindset. It's not coming from lack. It's coming from, we've got enough. And they're like, well, we don't got anything. He says, no, we do. Go find out. And they go and they find this little boy. I don't know if it was really a little boy, but that's always how the story is told. They get this kid and he has his lunch and it's, how many loaves is it? Three loaves and five fish or five fish, three fish. There's fish and there's bread, all right? Okay, less fish, more bread. There's fish and there's bread. And Jesus says, here, give it to me. And they give it to him and he starts to break it and all of a sudden it starts to multiply and he feeds this great multitude of people and there's 12 baskets left over. Basically just to show his 12 disciples, told you. <laughs> just cracking open this scarcity mindset. I want to encourage you, if you don't get anything else out of today, Flip the polarity in your mind with God. It's not about me scrapping and saving and striving just to get my little piece of the pie and just sort of sitting here and, you know, kind of, my precious, you know, we think about money like that sometimes. No, it's God wants to open us up to have this generous mindset that everything that I give to God and His vision that He wants to see come to pass, I can't outgive God. Do you think you can, you can outdo God? Let me tell you a little story. I was... Uh, 18 or 19 years old. Maybe I was, I think I was about 18 or 19. I was in Bible college. And let me tell you, I was really living it up, right? I made, wait for it, $250 a month. Making it rain. $250 a month. That was my entire income. And I was in uh, Bible college and I was not a starving Bible college student because I lived at home with my Italian mom. So the whole starving student thing wasn't happening. I was very well fed, very well overfed. Uh, just husky, right? Husky. But uh, anyways, there are, anybody ever been called husky? Yeah, it, it hurts. It hurts your feelings. Don't say it. So anyways, there I was, and I had $250, and I felt the Lord speak to me and say, I want you to give your entire monthly income of $250, which is what I, I mean, that's gas, that's car insurance, that's buying CDs, yeah, youth, we still bought CDs back then, and, uh, you know, whatever, all my fun money, and so on and so forth, and I'm like, I rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, it was, it was the Lord, and I, 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 I said, you know what, I'm going to have faith that, that I can't outgive God. I believed in this. I believed in this principle, and I gave that money to a missionary, just all 250, wrote the check, and you know what happened that month? I have no idea. I don't remember, but I didn't suffer. I didn't starve. I got through. God took care of all of my needs and He blessed me so richly in my life. That $250 is like, pff, I could give that right now. You know what I'm saying? 
But that was, for me, it was, it was everything I had, but I, I could not outgive God. I want to encourage you, when you get behind what God wants to do, don't you think He's going to take care of you? Generosity. Let's have this mindset. Money is vision fuel. We want to see God's vision come to pass. I can live for me or I can live for more. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What we invest in with our resources is where our heart goes. Let me tell you, I want my kids to know mom and dad care about God's kingdom being established in the world more than they care about TVs, iPods, cars, whatever. Because I want my kids to see the vision that I want to see come to pass. When I give something, when my treasure goes, that's where my heart goes. My kids see that. Hello. I want to invest in in the things of God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Live for me, live for more. What is your life going to be measured by? Not did I have the latest iPad. Not did I have the nicest shoes. Your life is not going to be measured that way. When you're laying there on your deathbed and your, your grandkids are all around you and they're not going to be going like, hey, grandpa, grandma, you know, did you have the, the WOW Top 20 CD of every year? No, they're not going to ask you that. They're not going to say, hey, how nice was the house that you lived in? Didn't that really... No, they're... It's about relationship. It's about people. It's about the things that really don't cost a thing, right? Jesus says, look, your, your life's not going to be measured by how much you own, so don't, don't get caught in the trap. Don't get caught running the rat race. Why would you want to run a race with rats? Right? Life is not measured by how much you own. And Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus knows what he's talking about. It's more blessed to give than to receive. There's a there's a quality of life, life and life, uh, more abundantly that Jesus wants to invite us into that breaks us out of scarcity and brings us into generosity that gives us the ability not to have empty hands but open hands and see God absolutely revolutionize our community because of the things that we give and the type of generous people that we are.